بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا ومن بعده Brothers and sisters, as we are talking here, as we are sitting here, Ukraine has been invaded by Russia and uh, occupied. Ukraine is a country which is the size of Texas, which makes it the, probably the second largest country in Europe after Russia. And uh, To say that the invasion is illegal is like, <laughs> it's, it's like it, it would have been a joke to laugh at because no invasion can be legal. No matter whether it's Ukraine or anything else. Invasion by definition is illegal. No matter who invades whom. So therefore, the uh, issue of this being illegal, yes, of course it is illegal. Now, thing to think about is this. And of course, before we go there, we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help those people, to save the innocent people, especially women, children, and normal, you know, common people. They are the people who really bear the brunt of all these aggressive things and invasions and aggressions. Uh, militaries are militaries, but it's the common civilian people who bear the brunt of all this, right? One day your life is fine, everything is going on well, you are happy, your family is well, your business is going, you're going to school, college, everything else. Next day, the whole world is upside down, right? I mean, imagine, may Allah protect us from all of these things. Now, the thing I want to say here is this, which is that the gentleman who started this, Mr. Putin, was once upon a time a little boy, right? I mean, he wasn't born full grown. <laughs> once upon a time, Mr. Putin was a little boy. Once upon a time, Mr. Donald Trump was a little boy. Once upon a time, Mr. Narendra Modi was a little boy. Once upon a time, Mr. XYZ was a little boy. Why am I saying that? Because that was the time when the script was written. The script for the play in which these little boys became actors. And then they grew up and they became directors. And then they became people who are, who have the power. Allah has given the power. And to Allah they are accountable. But Allah has given them the power to do good or evil in the world. And they are doing what they are doing. But who wrote their script when they were little boys? Or little girls, I mean, this applies, you know, both genders. The people, the two most significant people who wrote their script were their mother and their father. Right? Now take the case of Rasulullah Sallallahu Rasulullah never had a father. His father passed away before he, before he was born, so that wasn't there. His mother passed away when he was about five years old, so she had some influence, not much. Also because most of the greater part of that five years when Nabi Sallallahu before his mother passed away, he spent the time in the, uh, with the uh, Banu Sa'ada where he was 
uh, wet nursed. So he was somewhere else. The two people who had the most significant influence in the life of Nabi Sallallahu was his grandfather Abdul Muttalib and his uncle Abu Talib. Now, I'm giving you the example of Nabi Sallallahu because Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala told us the best example for you is the life of my Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So these two people had the maximum influence. Now, what do we know from history about these two people? About Abdul Muttalib, we know that this was a man who was a very noble man. He was, apart from the fact that he was also, description of him as being, you know, very good looking and very impressive and very, Allah had given him this sense of presence. But that apart, that is Binallahi Ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives. But other than that, he was a man of tremendous character, man of tremendous courage. When Abraha came, and when his soldiers captured 200 of Abu Talib's, uh, of Abdul Muttalib's camels, he went alone, right, to face the king and to get back his camels. That, just put yourself in that position. Here is, here is a, a king with literally absolute authority, power of life and death. He's sitting in the middle of his army. Uh, they've captured your camels, you know, Alone, by himself. And when he went there, his presence was such that the king stood up to greet him. And he called him and sat him next to him on, the, on his, uh, whatever it was, this, you know, throne so, or something he was sitting on. And then we know the story. He said to him, what, tell me, what can I do for you? He said, your people have captured my camels. I have come for my camels. Sabra said to him, I had a lot of respect for you when I saw you to the extent that I stood up to greet you, I sat you down here and so on. But he said, I have now, when you ask me this thing, he said, I have lost my respect for you. Saudan Mutari said, why? He said, because I have come here with this army with the intention of destroying the Kaaba. And you say you are the head of the family which are the caretakers of the Kaaba, the Manuhashim. You are the people who take care of the Kaaba, you are the people who serve the pilgrims and so on. And you are the head of that family. And you are asking me about your camels. You are not worried about this? Abdul Muttalib said, no. He said, I am the rub of my camels. Yeah, I am the rub of my camels. Because rub meaning, I am the caretaker of them, protector of them. I am, they are my responsibility. He said, that house has a rub. He said, the Kaaba has a rub. And he will take care of his house. That's not my responsibility. He will take care of his house. Now think about this. Here is a man, he was a mushrik. Right? We don't, we, don't, we don't deny this. But what was the level of tawakkur? What was the level of yaqeen? And when he is saying rub of the Kaaba, he means Rabbul Kaaba, he means Allah. He is not saying that Kaaba has 360 idols. No. Think about this. He is not saying 
that the Kaaba has 360 gods and 360 caretakers. No, he is saying Kaaba has a Rabb, one Rabb. Faliyabodo, Rabb has the Bait. Sometimes it's, uh, I mean, we read this ayat every day, but once in a while it hits you. And I remember one day I was in the uh, haram, and I was praying, and uh, Sheikh Sudesh was reciting, and I think it was Maghrib or something, and this Surah Al-Fil, and when he said, "Faliya Abu Dhabi Hadal Bait," literally my my I started shivering. Was suddenly hit me. Hadal Bait, this is the Bait. Hadal Bait, this Bait. The point I'm making is that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam grew up in the company of this man, and whatever it was, he would have conveyed this to him. That sense of authority, sense of responsibility, sense of accountability, the connection with Allah Jalla Jalalu. Tawakkur, yakin, courage, not fearing anybody. You can have a whole king with his army. I don't fear you. And the reason I'm saying this is because, not because of Putin and this and that. I'm saying because for many of you and Mashallah, may Allah bless all of you. We have four little ones here in the masjid. This is the primary responsibility. Of the elders in their lives, which begins with their parents, and then it's their grandparents, and their uncles, and aunts, and whoever, to always remember and think that my behavior, what is it conveying to these people? What are they picking up from here? When they grow up, are they going to become another Putin who can destroy people's lives just like that? Hey. Was no fear of Allah. Was no fear that one day he will die, and then he will go before Allah Jalla Jalla. This is what we need to convey, and this will happen because of how we are with them. That is our responsibility. What do we convey to our children? Because every So-called great leader, or whether it's a political sphere or religion or wherever, the mother of Imam Malik, rahmatullahi alaihi, she would tie. Imam Malik was, I mean, he was, he was not Imam; he was a little kid, and he used to go to the Masjid Nawawi Sharif, and he would study there because in the Masjid, the Madrasa also was in the Masjid, and he, one of his teachers was Rabi'ah Turai, rahmatullahi alaihi. Imam Malik's mother used to dress him. She would tie a turban on his head, little boy. She would tie a turban. He just do, you don't just go like that to study. No, there is a vakar of the elm. There's a vakar of the teacher. So she would tie a turban, and she would tell him, take from the akhlaq and the adab of Rabi'atul Rai before you take from his elm. 
You are not going there just to study the kitab and memorize the hadith and memorize the sanad of the hadith and memorize the Quran. No. It is complete tarbiyah of the shakhsiyat. She used to say, take from the adab of Rabia before you take from his ilm. And, this she, and she is saying this to whom? To a little boy. Take the life of anybody you like. From the greatest people in the world to the most evil. It all begins from the time they were little children. How did they grow? What influences were, came into their lives? Which molded them and then they did what they did. And this is the opportunity, Alhamdulillah, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to those who have children primarily and to the others in their surroundings, in their, in their uh, atmosphere. So it is the responsibility of the parents, make sure, I'm so happy, these little children are here in the masjid. Make sure you bring them into good spaces. Make sure you bring them into the company of good people. Make sure you give them the best influence and make sure that you bring them into the company of others who can give them the best influence. And then we ask Allah Jalla Jalla to protect them from all evil influence. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open your hearts and to open their hearts to his nur and his glory and his majesty and his khashiyat and his, and his izzat. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fill your hearts and illuminate every part of your heart with his nur and his khashiyat and his and, and taqwa for him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fill your hearts with the hub of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to use you in the way that he chooses for you and to completely and totally use you until you have completely invested every inch and every breath in the path that Allah has chosen for you. And that you go into your grave empty after having spent everything in this world. Take nothing with you. Take nothing with you. Go empty with your hands empty so that Allah can give you, give you from His grace and His glory and His majesty.